welcome back to Sad Peace Show. Welcome back to Side. Welcome back to Side Peace. Yeah. Welcome back to Side Peace Show. God, I need to be a singer. Like ASAP. I need to go try out for American Idol. Um, you know what? Honestly, my singing is better than anything else that's going on in my house. So that probably says a lot. Um, where do I start? Where do I start? I have to resort to singing because I'm running out of alcohol. So freaking Josh has back surgery because he's an old man. But, like, back surgery. Like, serious. Like, fusion, plates. Like, the whole works, okay? And he's out, like, down for the count for, I think, like, six weeks. Let me tell you this. Let me just tell you this. I'm talking to his nurse. And she's reading me the instructions. And she's like, okay, so no bending or pulling. I mean, lifting, moving, anything over 10 pounds for six weeks. And I'm like, uh, pardon moi, uh, we have a four and three year old, so that's not going to work. And she's like, well, sorry about your luck. And then proceeds to tell me though, that sexual activity and sexual intercourse, however, can resume in seven days. <laughs> so let me get this straight. My husband is useless around the house with my children and I'm basically solo for the next six weeks. Oh, by the way, on top of taking care of him, so now I have three kids to take care of. But we can have sex again on our, I think the instructions were like side in seven days. So you know what that means, you guys? Everybody wins. <laughs> if that's not good news enough, then on top of knowing I'm going to have to take care of Josh around the clock, like no sleep because, you know, you have to wake up in the middle of the night, take X, Y, and Z pills, and then make sure the pillows are adjusted and the covers are okay. And, you know, because men are complete freaking babies. Like they get a paper cut and it's like they just birthed a child. So you can imagine what I'm in for with this now. So back to baby three, no sleep, taking care of him all night. But I'm like, okay, at least I'll have a tiny bit of breather during the day, just taking care of him because the kids are in school. But nope, <laughs> because that would actually be beneficial to me. Um, Sunday night at like 8 p.m., my kid's school sends an email out that a kid in Vivi's class tested positive for COVID. So Vivi has to, because she was exposed and the whole class was exposed, all of them have to be out of school for the entire week. Not like a day, two, three, you know, days, half the week, all week. So we're already super celebrating because Nurse Ratchet here is taking care of Josh on the clock. I thought I would get somewhat of a breather being able to get some work done during the day, just be Nurse Ratchet to Josh not including sexual intercourse. I can tell you that for sure. And then add on my kid now is stuck home for the week with me 
because of COVID. I also found out two other classes out of six at my kids' school are shut down for the week because of COVID. I honestly can't even hear myself thinking right now because they're screaming so loud in the background. So yeah, this is my life right now. So welcome to Side Piece Show. So I hope that you guys are having just as wonderful of a week as I am. Because let me tell you, it is pure amazingness over here. I don't even know what the hell is going on Bravo. Other than the hot mic thing where Lisa goes ballistic while the mic is still on. And then throws her mic pack at the camera guy and like, peace, I'm out. Other than that, this is my life. Nurse Ratchet trying to tame the maniacs. I haven't even been able to call up my Bravo shows. And P.S., I'm still kind of freaking out and in like a cloud of lunatic craziness over the fact that I just had Brian Austin Green on my show. But what might be even more amazing than this awesomeness that I've had at the house this week is my guest. I just went from the OG of Real Housewives of New York, Jill Zarin. Like, I couldn't even believe I'm talking to the OG of Roni, Jill freaking Zarin, and how awesomely amazing she was. And now, the new queen to step foot onto Real Housewives of New York. She is as hot as all the amazingness, the drama, the fashion that she brought to the show this season. I mean, in epic proportions, she rocked it. The first African-American cast to ever hit Real Housewives of New York. Yes, you guys, I have for you the one and only Ebony K. Williams. Hi, Melissa. How are you? So good to see you. Good to see you too. Thank you for your patience. It's just been one of those days. Listen, it's one of those days. I have a four and a three-year-old. So oh my gosh. It's one oh, of those wow. days every, every day. day. You know what? Real quick, I wrote you a poem. Oh God. Okay, let me listen. <clears throat> she stepped onto the screen ready to slay. Little did she know some of the girls like to play. <laughs> elegance sophistication and amazing gucci jackets she brought to the table she would even try to educate the ladies if she were able the first african-american housewife in the big apple brought nothing but class but don't get it twisted if you come for her she can still kick some ass <laughs> okay okay it's not my mouth you want to hear we all know so lucky to have with us from the Real Housewives of New York City show, Ebony K. Williams. Woo! That was great. Thank you. Thank you. I was oh, really, that was dope. And I'm I my face hurts now from smiling from ear to ear. That's amazing. I was really excited for this. I literally had it probably 10 longer, but I was like, all right, you psycho, like shorten it a little bit. Like this is no, that's awesome. I'm so dead. No, I was pumped. Okay. Oh, awesome. How are you? I mean, I was saying 
yeah. Ebony, the first, I mean, I'm a fan, right? I've watched every Housewives from episode one, season one. Same, same. Is it insane? Because it's insane to me that it took, what, hmm. 13 seasons? Yeah. For them, for Real Housewives in New York City to get an African-American woman on? So yes, the short answer, Melissa, of course, it's insane. Andy says it's insane. We all, you know, kind of can, reasonable minds can agree. Um, it's, it's just kind of consciously unacceptable to be in the most diverse, fantastic, by the way, city in the world um, and not have um, an incredible black woman, a part of the cast. That said, separate point, now that I've done it for a season, I can tell you that adding women to Roni, and I think it's a bit particular to Roni, is hard. Um, the, the, the cast is, I don't know. I mean, I've never been a part of another cast, Melissa, but I can tell you, let's just say it's not an easy thing to, to, to pierce that particular um, dynamic uh, because it, 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 it's, you've got women who have literally been friends for 20 and 30 years, like legitimately. Right. They are at some point, the franchises become a thing of their own. So now that I've done it, I will say it wasn't easy. That's what I will say. It was not easy. You know what, too? I was like thinking about it because I'm thinking about you and, and all this. And I, again, this is just me, my thought as like a, a fan, as a viewer who's seen it all. I feel like we didn't get the best. And please tell me if I'm wrong. I feel that we didn't get the best Ebony because I feel like you were always on the defense from the get go. Yeah, I don't, I personally, Melissa, I didn't feel I was on the defense just because that's not really how I roll. I, I would say that you guys got a sliver of Ebony. Right. Um, and you know, every housewife says this, it's the edit, it's this. I, I, I'm not upset with the edit. I think what you did see is me. That's authentic to me. Uh, but there was so much like fun stuff too. Like I got my lips done for the first time, which was my first, like the first time anybody put a needle in my face ever in life. Um, I went well, to uh, Leah when she was quarantining and she talked me into it and I, I, it was really fun. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. The point is, is like, that was, it was silly. It was fun. It was a ridiculous side of me. Um, Cause I'm a big uh, baby when it comes to pain. And as you may or may not know your lips are like not a great place to start when you're getting cosmetic. And the worst pain, like girl, I was like the fuck. Anyways, um, horrific. But none of that was shown. You know what I mean? So some of that, you know, kind of more comedic banter and more lifestyle, like some of the things that people love about housewives shows. That's why we watch it from day one, right? The glamour, the glitz, the um, kind of haughty taught aspects of the glamorous life of women in these big cities. You just didn't see that on, on season 13 because yeah. there was so much heaviness. Um, that was real. That was going on that kind of I don't know, upstaged, if you will, um, some of those other aspects of my personality. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a whole lot more to me um, than what season 13 sh showed, but I'm not gonna undermine, that's me too. Right, know, totally. Of, of like a beautiful, brilliant cut diamond, um, multifacets. I mean, you came on as what, Leah's friend? Is that how like the- That's how they introduced me, yes. Right. I, th I think the cat's out of the bag now. I think everybody knows. 
I, I didn't have a pre-existing relationship with really any of the ladies, um, which is very commonplace nowadays with these housewife yeah. shows is, you know, at some point they're looking for, you know, unique women and there's a casting process. Um, so yeah, you know, I was really getting to know all of the women, including Leah in real time as we were filming. And as you might imagine, that was a complicated process. You know, it's like, and I'm a student of people, Melissa. So, and I take it very like authentically. And so, you know, when, when you see my relationships with these women ebbing and flowing and even post filming and post airing of the show, right. I mean, that's natural, right? Like your first year, like when you think of some of the friends that you, you have now, when you think of the first year of those friendships with those women, it probably was right. a lot going on, totally. you know? And then you add millions of viewers and the press and all of that. They're, 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 they're incredibly complicated dynamics. The cameras, the age gap. I mean, I don't know who I was talking to, but they're like, it's just so insane that like you have someone in their 30s and you have someone in their 50s. And 60s. And six, oh yeah, 60s. And it's like, you're trying to gel and by the way, meet each other for the first time, get along, be secluded on some cast trips together. In the middle of COVID. In the middle like, of COVID. Not even like, you know, it's like be secluded. It, 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 it was just, girl, it was a lot going on. And then it's also like beyond the age gap, it's the cultural gap and beyond race, right? Like I'm a girl from the South who's like been in New York for seven years. Like there's just all of these different dynamics at play. Totally. Well, listen, you said, you know, cause when I talk to people from like OC, yeah. And I'm like, Vicky, like the OG, right? Who's been there from the get-go. Ramona's been there from the get-go. Luann, Sonia, pretty much. Yeah. I'm always like, were you, and if you had seen it prior and you'd seen them and like the monstrosity that they can be, I'm like, were you, what was, like, what were you, it's not like you didn't know. What was I thinking? Yes. Um, I was thinking, first of all, I'm a fan. So I was thinking this is, a very cool opportunity to be a part of like something that's um that's a cultural iconic thing you know exactly. what I mean and I'm also a nerd Melissa so I, there was and I'm a I think I'm a nerd I'm a lawyer and I'm a journalist so how could I not like it's the like opposite how do I not how does my intellectual and cultural curiosity and pop culture curiosity not afford me the opportunity of a lifetime to pierce this cultural juggernaut. And then from the more altruistic side of me also get to, I get to, I don't have to be the first black housewife, right? I get right. to be the first black housewife. Right. And I'm privileged and honored to be able to show just a glimpse of what that, you know, kind of a magical special element um, that black women uh, tend to possess and, and just, you know, offer a small dose of that to this historic show that ultimately is so about all of the women of New York City. So really the question isn't, what was I thinking? It was more like, how could I not do this? Right, but were you just like, because again, for me too, it'd be the same way. Like, oh my gosh, I get to do this. A, it's the housewives, yeah, period. Cool. I mean, that's, that's it. But then you're like, I'm gonna freaking do it with Ramona, with Luann, with Sonia. So were you just like thinking it was going to be so amazing and not expecting what happened? Yes, yes, a million times, girl. I thought it was going to be. And listen, there was a lot of it that was amazing. I, I really do think that the, I don't, I don't want to, what do you call it? Scapegoat any one mechanism here. 
But I think a lot of the press and a lot of the social has made this whole thing like a lot more negative than I feel it was and is even. Even my current relationships with the women, which I don't shy away from the, you know, complications of those, you know, you hear me talk about recently and some that are forthcoming. We are where we are. But yeah. I don't know, maybe it's, I was just, I was having my accountability retreat with my best friend um, last weekend in DC. And, and she made a note to me, which, cause I know a lot of people's perception of me, which isn't incorrect, is that I, I bring a level of intensity and seriousness and on and on and on. True. But I also am like shockingly optimistic. Melissa. Yeah. And I, that's why I do this work. And when I say this work, I'm not talking about Roni. I'm talking about the work of being a journalist who has the audacity to work to liberate marginalized people of also this morning, for instance. And, you know, I just say this to you because I feel like I can just talk to you. I read a piece in the New York Times about how fucking terrifying it is to be Jewish in America right now. Um, And I read the piece and I mean, we all saw what happened in Texas last week and it's not an anomaly. And the point is, and then I sat for an hour and kind of just engaged with most of my super close Jewish friends about this. Like, so this is like, it's not a housewives thing. It's not a right. black Shabbat thing. It's not a Harlem night thing. Like this is the fuck I do every day. Right, totally. Because I, I believe it actually makes a difference. Right. I'm crazy enough girl to think that by calling a thing a thing, calling it out, letting my friends know that if I can provide cover for you in a moment where it's really scary for you, that that will make a difference. Totally. So, you um, know, but like you just said, like you read this article, right? I mean- People are scared. Look what's happening on the subway. Like, look everywhere. What is happening still like and freaking where we are now in 2022, like this, it's almost as bad as it's ever been. Yeah. And so because I believe in that, like, I'm never going to shy away from the, because I believe not in the cancellation of people because of their views. Um, Like there was even, it's, it's about the engagement. Like I really fucking believe in that. I believe in conversation. I believe not because we're going to get to a place of like simultaneous viewpoints, but like, if we can, if, if me being on Roni, right. Or some of the other brilliant women of color or different cultural or religious identity or sexual orientation, right. Can be on these amazing global platforms and humanize what it is to be a black woman, a gay woman, a trans woman, a Jewish woman, a Muslim woman, right? A black, fill in the blank. Boy. Like that's how it changes. I personally don't think you can legislate morality. I think I'm a lawyer, so the law has to be right. Right. But in, in that process, there has to be like a connectedness, and that's what you really see me tr- trying. And I will, you know, God willing, continue to try to build with the women of Roni. Is that why it was tough though? Because it, there was obviously a disconnect. Like you said, like most people say, listen, we can all have an opinion. You don't have to have mine. But like as adults, as educated women, like you say you are, mm-hmm. at least be my side yeah. and hear me, right? Not just listen, but like, like yeah. hear me. And is that what was so tough is because again, me looking, I felt like you weren't being heard. Like it was. Well, I wasn't being heard, but now that I know more, because I see how the whole machine works, you know, Carol Radzelwell said um, on the Behind the Rope podcast, I believe, you know, that half of the conflict that you as viewers see on the show is not about what you're seeing on the show. It's about the show. Right. Right. And so now what I realize is I wasn't being heard. I don't necessarily know, Melissa, if I wasn't being heard because 
they were so deeply hostile. My castmates were so deeply hostile to the substance of the conversation. That's possible. I'm, I won't say it's off the table. But now I'm considering maybe the hostility and the and the shutting down and the um, stonewalling. Um, right? You can see I've been in a lot of relationship therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, none of that was shown on the season either. Uh, but all of that, I think, also probably was a result of they're 13 years into the game, most of them. Yeah. And they're also self-producing a show. Totally. And if you're deciding, I don't want this to be the storyline of the show, or I don't want to spend too much time here in this scene around this topic, because I'm not the authority and I don't want to look, you know, I don't want to have a power dynamic at play here that doesn't make me the center point of the scene. Right. That's probably what's also going on. And I was so kind of naive and green to it that I'm I'm really like sitting in the substance of these talks. And they're like, girl, we're we're doing a TV show. Right. Listen, they're they're vet. Like they someone yeah. said that they live to be a housewife, right? Like that's their thing. There's nothing bigger than being yeah. well, me. I think that's that's a very poignant point. Nothing is bigger in, in their world. And that's not a critique or condemnation. Like right. from the paycheck to the impact it has on their personal and professional lives. I get it. I just am not similarly positioned. Right. It's not the biggest thing in my world. So therefore we're coming at it, all five of us, we're coming at it with a different kind of currency. Right. And a different urgency. And like everybody had an agenda. So this right. notion like, oh, Ebony came on with agenda. Well, honey, wake up, honey. Everybody from right. everywhere, every season, every city has an agenda. It just so happens that some people's agenda, I have to be the most entertaining housewife that this franchise has ever seen. And you can see it, right? I think right. we've all seen, especially some newer housewives right. um, who have studied the model of the show and they, they've decided that, you know, maybe elements of chaos, messiness, conflict, those are the, the things that, that those are the top of their agenda to present as a top tier housewife. Totally. I got it. I, totally. I'm with I simply have a different, you know, a different agenda, different incentive structure. Right. When those different incentives kind of find themselves in conflict, that's where it gets dicey. It goes. Speaking of agenda, what did you think about Bershawn coming onto the scene? Well, I, I want to say, uh, Melissa, I think it's great that that Bravo had and the production company was was to me savvy enough to say. It's, it's not really appropriate to have a singular black female voice on this right. season. So I think the duality of at least, you know, I think it could have been more women of color of also different, like where are the Latina women, whatever. Right, right. Um, but I think just having at least two black women on the show at the same time is excellent. So I want to be clear about that. And that's why you saw me being so aggressive with filming with um, my dear friend, Natalie, pulling right. my good fr long-term friend, Devin Simone into the mix, you know, um, and, and really trying to exemplify the, the beautiful diversity within black womanhood. So I think the addition of Bershawn in that way is fantastic. I think Bershawn's her own woman, you know, and what was very clear, the and the first night I ever met Bershawn Shaw was that night, that Harlem night. Um, oh, like you know, first ever. Right. So I'd interviewed Bershawn as a journalist when I was moonlighting at OWN, a million, like literally girl back in 2013, but it was a different capacity, right. you know, that was literally 10 years ago almost. And we kept it moving. So really meeting her as a person was in Harlem as a friend of Ramona's, right? That's the capacity. Um, and I think we all kind of can be 
honest about, you know, in kind of a, uh, how do I say, you know, kind of a, a possible full-time addition to the show. I think right. we all know that. Right, so totally. they let it play there. Um, and Bershawn chose to use the, the, the night and her time really on the show to represent a point of view that I found undermining right. to my intention of kind of just liberating and pointing out the beautiful distinctions of our culture and inviting these new women to that paradigm. Right. Rashawn, which she's not alone. Many people, many black people, people of color feel that the best way to go about this work is to kind of sit in assimilation, you yeah, know, right. and kind of um, bypass uh, the points of distinction. I find that work problematic. She does not, or at least that's what I was getting from her, you know, right. and therein lies the, 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 the thing. But that said, I don't think it's a bad thing to see Black women who disagree on the ways in which, because I, you know, I think this is like everything else in, 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 in America. I think 99% of Americans, Melissa, are good faith Americans who want the best for this country. I think obviously you've got about 40-ish percent of us that totally disagree around right. how that looks. Totally. But I think if we can, like you said, be adults, grow the fuck up, totally. put the egos down, just like, that's the biggest part. So much of this is ego driven. I know, but did you ever think that the egos would not be flying high the whole time? I did, I did, I guess, again, this is where I get a little- You thought, uh, see, you thought, you're like, they're gonna welcome me. We're gonna be cool and friends and like- No, like, they're gonna see, they're gonna see that like, I'm not coming for them. I think that's what I thought. I thought they're gonna see, like, I'm not trying to- come for you. I'm not trying to cancel you. Um, and you see it working a little in the beginning with yeah. the health conversation that me and Ramona have, right? And oh, she yeah. even said it in the confessional, like, you know, kind of the way she presented it didn't make me feel like I was the bad guy so I could hear her. So right. like the technique does work. I employed this technique for five years on Fox News fairly successfully. Right. <laughs> and I think that's part of why I was cast. Right. Um, I think again, the dynamics here are even more amplified and so in some ways more intense um, than even at FNC. So I think that's that's what people you know got a glimpse of. But I have no permanent enemies. I have permanent interest, and I welcome the opportunity to continue to explore um, the platform with these women and with new women too. I mean, I've right. got to think that fourteen uh, season fourteen of Roni is going to have some different elements at play. What do you think, you know, obviously, every, I don't even know where everyone, where you stand. I hear so much shit. And most of it's garbage. Exactly. And I, you can't be like, oh, I heard this, like all of it, you know how it is. I, I don't, I couldn't even begin to say, oh, you're not cool with this person. Where, where are you even with people? My heart is open. My phone is open. I have not had a lot of communication with anybody on the, my current castmates outside of Sonia. And Sonia and I, I like our relationship because we don't, we don't overdo it. You know, it's not like we're sitting on the phone two hours a day. It's like, you see something, you know, in the news cycle or funny on Instagram, you send it to me, we comment, we kiki, or if something even more substantive imprompts us to reach out to one another, that's what we do. Outside of that, not a lot of conversation with any of the other women since, oh gosh, uh, the fall. Like, like October-ish is probably about the last time I spoke to anybody, you know, Leah. Yeah, the last conversations I think I directly had with Leah, Luann were in October. And I think Ramona, it might've even been early October. Do you think just think the shift and all this crap starting is because they truly think that you were coming for them? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So and I think they didn't think I was coming for them on the show. Cause when you watch 
the episodes, they're not actually that explosive at all. And yeah. then we end, we had a beautiful finale, you know, that was real. That wasn't fake, fake. That was like, all right, we're actually enjoying each other and, you know, playing this stupid Harry Dubin game and putting on these ugly ass costumes and having a good time. Right. That was fun. And I think we all left thinking when we picked this, I think we all left thinking we're all coming back and we're all in a really like nice, it took us all season to get here and we're going to be able to pick up where we left off next season. That was 100% the vibe. And then the episodes aired and the, you know, Pete, there was a reaction and then so. the and then interviews, and then this, and this, and then here we are today. Do you think that the reunion, were you shocked that it was canceled? Yeah, I was actually. You there's were? That, there's, there's the old naive Ebony again. <laughs> yeah, I really You're was. shocked? I don't know, but like, I was shocked. I couldn't even believe it. But in the same sense, I was like, but people probably want to shut some stuff down. Like, we don't want like maybe for example, Ramona being on blast for her behavior. Like, what do you think we would have seen at the reunion had we been able to have it? Listen, it, it depends on the edit, but I know what I would have done at the reunion was, a, was the same thing I always do, Melissa, is come in, like I had legitimate questions, you know, like I wanted to know why I was being scapegoated as preachy or threatening around Ramona's relationship with racism when I'm not even the one that introduced that theme to our dynamic or our season, that was Luann and Sonia Morgan that right. came into my apartment and said, oh, don't play yourself, Ebony, because Ramona's using you and Bershawn and putting y'all's cute little photos on Instagram all of a sudden so that she doesn't look racist. Y'all said that about your friend of right. 20 and 30 years, respectively, not me. So those were some of the questions that I would have had at reunion. And I wanted real answers because maybe, maybe what they could have said is, well, you know, that rumor had been out there or that element had been out there and we were blah, 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 whatever the fuck they said or really thought. But we, we saw none of that. I don't think that, I don't think people, including my castmates, including the audience was really ready to, to finish the work. That's what I, and I think that's yeah. the sad thing to me. I think so much of the hard part of the work was already kind of in the can. You know, we had actually made a great deal of progress that right. season and gotten some like honesty and some truth and some like, all right, this is you, this is me, let's go. And then it was, I think, kind of undone in the process of the airing of the episodes and everything that happened subsequent. But again, do you think it's because, again, everyone has an opinion. Do you think it's because you, because you're strong and you know, you're educated or do you think it has something to do with that, that you're African-American? No, I, I don't think it has to do with me being black in terms of their reactions to me. No, I think if I was, I mean, I, I think we can look at white housewives of, of, of yesteryear yep. and Roni and see that same kind of stonewalling it. So no, 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 I think it's my personality. And Leah actually makes this point a little bit um, in Salem, you know, one of those nights, like Ebony's just different. Like she's not like me and Tinsley where we both kind of let y'all veterans kind of haze us and run over right. us, and put us in our place as newbies. Like I'm not here for that. And by the way, all those women could be black and it would be, it would have been that right. same dynamic for me. You know, oh, okay. me, I've got a slew of black women you can ask. Um, well, this is just- like, It is, it's so true because listen, everyone will say this about Vicky. You come on the show, you're going to get hazed by big Vicky, by the, like the, the vets. Honey, I would love to, to have spent some time with Miss Vicky Gummelson and I'm a Vicky fan. Yeah. But it would have gone down different because honey, I ain't Gretchen. Oh, geez. I mean, 
but it's true. It's everywhere. But like, like you said, look at what social media does. It's not because you're a newbie and that's what the vets do to everybody. Right. They do it because you're black. Right. And I don't actually think that's true at all. I, I think right. I, I appreciate you making this distinction. See, this is nuance. This is like critical thinking skills. Right. Um, yeah, that was because I'm new. That's because right. I was 37. Right. Young one, that's young, hot one. Yeah. yeah. Young, single, this, that, right. that, whatever. So all of those dynamics at play. And I just don't think they were used to somebody who doesn't give a fuck like that. Like I, I respect your positioning as veterans and OGs, but you're going to get the respect that you give. Right. And that's, how, that's, that's how I just move through this world. Honestly, talking to you, I'm like, okay, so in season one, you went through, like, I feel like you have been on, it was so much <laughs> that you were on for like five seasons. Uh, it was a lot, but of, co of course I would do it again, only because again, maybe this is me. This is my, my uh, blind spot and naiveness. Um, I kind of think some of the hard parts over in that way, not that another season wouldn't have its shit. Right. But I think it would be different shit. You know what I mean? I think it's, you know, I think it takes a year to kind of get your sea legs. And I think you add COVID, you add the most uh, consequential racial reckoning our nation's seen since the civil oh, rights yeah. movement, which we're still very much in, by the way. And you get that people, for better or worse, all the women of Roni know who I am. Right. Melissa, and they right. know my boundaries and they know what I'm going to deal with and what I'm not going to deal with. And I can say the same for them. Some of them have boundaries that I understand. Like with Ramona, there's not going to be any more of like, come on, Ramona, let's, I get it. Ramona's right. where she's at. And now we can respect those limitations and lean into the spaces where there's opportunity for connection. You know, I was watching Ultimate Girls Trip because Ramona's on it. But go ahead. Yeah. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah. My mom watched it. Go ahead. But like, I'm just seeing how Ramona has been on as long as she has from the Real Housewives of New York to Ultimate Girls Trip. And it's like the same behaviors and patterns. Are you shocked that they haven't been? Look what happened to Dallas. Leanne Locken. You're and I think that's, well, yeah, but also look what happened to Dallas. Like, I think it's, I loved Dallas probably. Yeah. Maybe, I, I loved Dallas, maybe because I'm from the South. I don't fucking know. I loved Dallas. I loved, I loved many of those housewives. I love those. I'm a day one Dallas watcher. Watch yeah. every, every episode. I'm very close now with Tiffany Moon, but also Deandra, who I met at Dave Quinn's party and just fell in love with her. And Mama D is the white version of my mama, Gloria Child. I mean, the point is, how sad is it to me? I don't know what led to the decision of them not coming back, but I just think it's sad. I think it's like, it's, it's, it's an impasse. It's an impasse of saying, the stakes got too high that now we don't know where to move forward. And I think right. that would be the greatest tragedy. And I don't, I don't foresee that for Roni. I think there's enough people invested in the future of Real Housewives of New York to say, we're gonna, we're, we're not gonna let this get to an impasse. We're gonna, and, and me, I'm, I'm first in line to say, I don't believe in an impasse here. We're gonna figure out a navigation path forward. But do you think it's crazy that like they will shut down, they will fire somebody on another, another franchise for certain behaviors. And then it has continued for a very long time on New York. I think you got to remember they're different fan bases, Melissa. That's, that's the yeah. one thing I was very naive about. Not naive. I just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. I've been naive about some things. This, I just didn't pay attention to. The fan base for Atlanta, Potomac, even Beverly Hills, Roni, and New Jersey, New Jersey. even. Massively different. Yeah, those are literally different groups of millions of people tuning in on a weekly basis. 
And I, I do think what is true of Ramona Singer, could the season, could the show go with or without Ramona? I mean, I, I don't think anybody's non-replaceable. Right. I do think this fan base is in a very unique relationship with Ramona Singer. Just because it's been so long. She's, it's white, it's New York City. It's, yeah, it's all the things. Yeah. I mean, totally. It just embodies so much of what has historically at least made this show successful. That's a right. fact. And so then the question becomes, do we still move in that direction? Or I think what the attempt was in season 13, do we add a dynamic that's, you know, kind of tit for tat more or less in terms of energy and right. conviction and see what that looks like? Then the question becomes, can they make space for each other? Can Ramona and the crew make space for this and? Because I personally don't think it's about getting rid of OGs. Right. I don't. I, I don't like what that did to Orange County. That's just me. Totally. I was going to say, they got rid of Tamara and Vicky. Yeah, I think it's doing great this season, but I, but I think it, do I think it'd be better with Vicky and Tamara? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. right. I do. Totally. And Noella, and, it, you know, and it's not or, it's and. In addition to. Yes, but here's the caveat. To, to do what in addition to, which allows you to keep a vintage fan base and grow your fan base, you know, which was also, you know, all this talk about ratings, well, Roni had been a bit stagnant when it came to its ratings for many, many years. Right. Okay. So I think the thought was, let's retain and let's grow. And you're only going to do that if you infuse the casting with something that allows to attract new viewership. So the one thing that I know for a fact is people, women of color, younger women, what a hardworking, like boss ass, like white women that are like right. firms and shit. They were like, girl, I never watched this show before because it felt so not relatable. And I'm watching now because of, you know, I see a, myself in you. Right. You know, and right. so that, and, and I think you need like three more like me, you know, and some of the OGs. And I think then you have a show. And you watched all of Real Housewives in New York City. Who's like one, not, I'm not saying from your cast, but like any of them that you would be like, I would love to do this show with. Bethany. Bethany. Of course. And I mean, is that a pie in the sky fantasy? Probably. But yeah, mainly because Bethany to me would be like a peer mentor, you know, like somebody who I'm looking to emulate her kind of grit. I mean, I've got it, you know, so to see somebody who made good with it. Right. That would be interesting. But also somebody who like, I'm not like a, it wouldn't be a Jill Bethany dynamic, you know, with me and her. Because I'm not coming from no place. Right, you know? totally. I'm a legitimate force already in my own right. So I think that would be very interesting. That would be so dope, you two together. Because you guys yeah. don't take shit. So it's just like, okay, what do you got? Go, let's go, let's go. Right, right, let's go. Yeah. And, she, and, I, and I think that Bethany, because of what happened between her and Jill Zarin, which to me is like top three most iconic housewives Insane. dynamic ever, I, I think she would have enough respect for a woman like me who's done a lot, done the most with the least, which is to me the Bethany Frankel model. Right. Um, to not do what I at least perceived as a viewer J- that Jill did, which is like try to hold somebody in a marginalized position to your social standing for the sake of your ego. Have you ever talked to Bethany? You know, this is so funny. I haven't really told this story much. I've met Bethany Frankel exactly one time in my life. It was my ex-fiance and I, we were in, obviously not X at the time. And we were on one of those like Uber jets, you know? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So she was in the seat behind me and he had a friend 
hope Bethany doesn't mind me sharing this. Um, she was not with Paul at the time. My ex had a friend who swore to God that he was talking to Bethany Frankel on Bumble. And I was like, boy, bye. There is no fucking way that that's accurate. You're getting catfished. This is stupid as fuck. Good night. But he was like, no, I talked to her on the phone. Whatever. My ex had bet his friend that there's no way this is Bethany. So here we are on this jet. You know, it's it's like right out of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. You got to now ask her. So he wakes Bethany from her slumber, which I was like, don't wake the sleeping bear. Funny. So he wakes this woman up on this jet and is like, excuse me, I've got to settle this bet. I've got 50 bucks riding on. Are you actually talking on, on Bumble to my friend so-and-so? And she's like, oh, so-and-so, the dip girl. So then I had to pay my ex like 50 bucks. He had to pay his 50 because it was true. She was really talking to this guy, but which was fine. You know, whatever we all, you know, I'm on Raya right now. Who gives right. a fuck? Right, <laughs> you know, um, you know, whatever. Um, go. <laughs> right. Uh, swipe. I mean, God. anyways. Um, but no, like it was, it was true. And then she was like, yeah, but he was like really clingy, which, okay, f- facts. Right. Um, she's like, but we never linked up. So that was the story. So, anyways, and then we just kind of started having like a just a you know people meet and greet conversation. And she was asking, what was the deal with me and my ex? Because we had been together for three years. She's like, are you gonna marry? What are you gonna do? Da-da-da. You know how Bethany is. She's Bethany. Like, you know, and I appreciated it because I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of relationship, Alyssa, I hope for your sake, not where you're like, this is working. Why are you stagnating? And you almost start a, like a lobbying effect of like, oh, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Bethany, get him, get him, Bethany. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, because he's an older guy. And it was a question of like, does he want more kids? And she's like, let me ask you this. She's like, if she would had a kid when she met you and she's still the love of your life and all these things, would you be with her? And he was like, yes. He's, she's like, okay, then, then you should be with her. And she's like, and you, and she points to me, she goes, have your baby. She goes, have your baby with or without him. She says, no, no disrespect, sir. She's like, but you young lady, having my daughter is the best thing that ever happened to me. And everything that I've gone through in the press, which everyone sees, she's a thousand percent worth it. She says, don't because of this, you and this guy not have your baby. And that was Bethany's advice to me. So what do you think? I'm heating it. Yeah, I'm going to have my baby. I mean, I'm going to have my baby in the next 12 to 24 months, single or partnered. Yeah, which is, you know, whatever. It's a whole- Eggs and all that. Yeah, I've already frozen eggs. I hope, you know, but I'm, I'm, you know, starting my donor search in September. I yeah. love that. But that was my brief experience with Bethany. And it told me that if we were to ever have more time together, I think it would be a vibe. Would you ever reach out and be like, what do you think of this show? No, I, I, I think that's so, and a lot of people do that. I, p- personally, I think it's corny. That's yeah. just, but a lot of people in the Housewives universe do do a lot of that and they comment and like, oh, check your DMs. And, 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 and. It's not my vibe. You know, Bethany's a very fucking busy woman. I'm not like a clout chasing type of bitch. So I respect what she's doing. I'm sure she's aware in some sense of what the fuck is going on with season 13. And if she is interested in returning to this franchise, I am certain that the people that need to be having those conversations are having those conversations. In the meantime, I think Dorinda, I think there's other people also that can infuse some connective tissue. Yeah, that's what I'll call it. Some connective tissue into a this and that scenario. Is it weird? Cause you talk to Sonia and Sonia is obviously good friends with Ramona. So is it ever like, no. it, he doesn't feel like, and Ramona's no, not going to, I'm shit? not like dumb. Like that's your right. friend for 30 years. Like right. what, are you 
because I you 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 click with me for nine months, that's gonna super. No, I'm like that's where I'm real good, Melissa. I am very much uh, self awareness is one of my strengths. Yeah. So I understand not only are these two women thirty year long friends, they also they are aligned in what the show means to them. Right. Totally. So, and this yeah. is their thing. Listen, you gotta go. It's yeah, I gotta go. I could talk to you forever. Oh my oh. god, I love you. Thank you. I can't wait. This is. I loved my poem. Thank you, Melissa. I'll send it over, Jasmine, for you. Good. We'll talk. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ebony. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S I D E P I E C E S H O W at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.